FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter. You'll also get three free reports. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next. Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz. Today is August 13th, 2020. Well, we've been following the mining sector, precious metals, the economy, you name it, for in the form of the show for nearly 10 years. And personally, been doing it for the better part of 40 years. And few times have I seen a market like this. The last time I saw a market like this for precious metals was 08, 09. And right after the crash, Metals were down under $1,000. I mean, I was buying $700 gold and $8, $9 silver. Now we fast forward, we've got $1,900 plus gold and we've got $25 plus silver. And it's in retrospect, it's very easy to play these markets. It looks very simple. I mean, that's the problem with using people's models, which are back tested because everything can work when it's back-tested. But when you're living through a bull market, especially after you spent the past eight years waiting for this bull market to reemerge, emotions come into play and, and life is happening, your life is happening, the economy, political scene deteriorating. Well, it's been doing that since I was born. Uh, all these things come into play. And so making money in this market can be extremely tough. And I'd like to know your experience. A lot of you write me, tell me things, made money on this, you lost money on that. But I'd like to know your experience in the precious metals markets for the past eight years before this bull market really took off last summer. And the email address for that is kl at kerrylutz.com. I'm almost up to date on my emails. Just when I thought I was up to date, I found a thousand emails that never made it through to me from uh, six, eight months ago. It's really embarrassing, but I'm working my way through them. It's just computers. So our good friend, David Erfley is with us now, and you know his site. Well, it's Junior Minor Junkie, that's junkie with a Y.com. And David, you are a self-taught mining sector investor. I would argue that we're all self-taught. We go to school and we get our knowledge. You get out of school, you get out of college, and then the learning process really begins because you're living life. There's no greater teacher and no stricter teacher and perhaps uh, no more angry a teacher than real life. So here you are, 2003, 17 years later, what have you learned? Oh, <laughs> thanks for having me on again, Carrie. I've learned quite a lot. Um, this, this market has been one big, huge roller coaster since the secular bull market in gold began at the turn of the century. And um, I've learned uh, mostly from, from doing um, trial and error, um, losing a lot of money at the beginning, which is I feel is is essential to make a lot of money later on yeah. to learn all those lessons that, that you need to know that you can't that you can't know following models as you were as you were mentioning earlier in the introduction. Um, 
So, uh, yes, I've, I've learned quite a bit. And but it seems that uh, uh, these uh, central banks have not. They, <laughs> they continue to think that uh, piling on more and more debt is going to solve uh, a sovereign a debt crisis. <laughs> yeah, well, there's an old expression from that from the Brits, and I don't remember who said it. If any of you out there remember who said the following quote, I did know, but it just it slipped my mind. Basically, he said, uh, in all this time, we've learned nothing and we've forgotten nothing. And that's where we're at now in these markets with these central bankers. And just when you think they can't screw things up any worth. Yes. I mean, uh, here they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And uh, piling on more and more debt, uh, creating more and more of the issues that brought us to this point. Um, Gold going up so far, so fast, really shouldn't be a surprise when when all the the stars are aligned for, for the metal to do so. And it was already at all time highs in every other currency before it it finally reached all time highs recently. And it's what is equally not surprising is the pullback we just had. I mean, when you have something go up that fast, that far without any corrections, the pullback once it comes is going to be strong. And that's what we just exactly. I mean, $118 decline in gold in a day. We're getting back to the good old days of 0809, but I don't remember ever seeing a decline that large. And then a four plus dollar decline in silver. It it was quite a bloodbath out there. But we were expecting this. Uh, if you look back on uh, my Daily Market Wisdom report with uh, with Nick Santiago for the past two, three weeks. We've been calling this and you know that the algorithms are set up perfectly to hit any commodity, especially gold, at that exact moment where the technical overextension isn't yet obvious to to most market participants where they can get the biggest bang for the bucks and basically get rid of as many of those options and future contracts as possible from the weaker hands, right? Well, sure, but also you could take a look at look at it technically. I mean, uh, gold was in the process of being above its upper weekly Bollinger Band for three weeks in a row. And this band, Bollinger Band is an algorithm designed to keep the price within them on the upper and lower 95% of the time. And traders watch these things. And all it takes is, you know, the, the gold had been uh, extreme overbought for 15 consecutive days. And uh, the RSI, the relative strength index on the daily got over 90. So when you see something like that, it doesn't take much to trigger a sell-off. And the trigger this time was was a, was was a Russian vaccine that that Vladimir Putin gave his daughter, while the while the uh, the dollar which had been crashing had a strong bounce. So um, traders went, okay, this is a great time to take profit, and uh, sell stops were ran. We had a flash crash, and Bob's your uncle. We got we have a correction, but they happen sh- short and sharp during bull markets. So this thing, I wouldn't even be surprised if it if it moves all the way down to the seventeen fifty eighteen hundred dollar level, which is where the very strong resistance was for 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 uh, for nine years. I mean, gold never closed above eighteen hundred on a monthly basis until recently. It did not close above eighteen hundred on a monthly basis in two thousand eleven, and it closed above eighteen hundred on a quarterly basis 
recently. And once that took place, it was the all clear sign to get in. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's tested. And if it was, it would be healthy. And I also wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't tested because of what's going on here. <laughs> it's so true, Dave. You know, that's so true. And really, the sign was given to go all in on gold when it broke 1450. Uh, I guess now it's over a year ago, I think it broke 1450. I think we were we were in uh, during the summer when nobody was Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, we were. I, I was going to say, I right. believe we were in Vancouver at the mm -hmm. Sprott conference and, you know, we were all rejoicing. Of course, it wasn't going to take off instantaneously from that point. But you knew that 1450 technical resistance point. It had hit it so many times. 1400, actually. Yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah. And basically it had hit it and crossed it and, and came back so many times, like eight or 10 times that once it really Six broke and a half it, years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once it really broke through, then there was no question in my mind at that point. It's just a question of when will the market get it? And then they had confirmation of the 200 day moving average and all the other things that you were mentioning really did it. So, but the warning signs for yesterday's decline were there, especially for silver too, right? Right. In silver, we saw take a massive hit, 15% hit almost one day, which is huge. And I've, I'll tell you, frankly, I've never been uh, as unconcerned about a crash in uh, the metals as yesterday. It meant absolutely nothing. And it totally reminds me of 09, 010, when the boys would come in and slam gold and silver for two, three days, and then it would come back the next week and it would be higher. And and that's called, there's a lot of things that it's called, but uh, pulling on a string, I guess you would call it. FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Lumina Gold, ticker symbol, LUM on the Toronto Venture and LMGDF on the OTC is yet another of legendary mining investor Ross Beatty's Lumina Group. It's advancing the largest primary gold deposit in Ecuador. The resource is estimated to contain 16.7 million ounces of gold and 2.2 billion pounds of copper. At just $7 US per ounce gold equivalent, it trades at an incredible 13% of its net present value. More good news is on the way with an updated PEA study expected in Q2 of 2020. It has unparalleled infrastructure. There's grid power to camp with plentiful, inexpensive hydropower available. It's close to two ports and is just eight kilometers from a paved highway. Water is plentiful. It's at low elevation and the closest community, which is very supportive of Lumina's effort, is just a seven kilometer ride. With all this going for it, it's likely to follow the typical Ross Beatty formula, which means big returns to shareholders. Find out more and sign up for notifications at luminagold.com. That's lumina, L-U-M-I-N-A, gold.com. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next. When you see it go up so far, so fast, it went from $12 to $30 in a matter of months. So that's a, a, a major overextension. And when you see, when you see a $4 pullback and it's still in a, in a, in a, in a major uptrend, that tells you how far overextended that it got. And, um, as, as far as uh, a breakout is concerned, um, when, when you, when you had a breakout in the gold price, that was a six and a half year base. And that's a huge accumulative base with a lot of power in it. And once it took place in the GDXJ, which is 
although it's it, the J means juniors, it's not really representative of juniors. But <laughs> as far as the as far as the uh, general general just investor is concerned, it's a sign that the juniors have broken out. And as soon as that took place a few months ago, as soon as the GDXJ broke out of its seven year base, that's when our junior sector really took off. So, and if, and, and mentioning juniors, I mean the last few days the juniors haven't really gone down much. Oh, insignificant amount. And and I knew silver was going to break because it wouldn't go over 30 bucks. You know, if it had broken 30 and got up to $33, then it could have extended maybe a, a few more weeks, maybe a couple more months, but it couldn't get through right. the $30 mark. Which which would have which wouldn't which not which would have not been healthy, by the way. I mean, um, this is this is a healthy correction and it's 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 necessary to keep the bull to, to get the longer term bull market alive and to, to keep the consolidation process shorter. Um, which I think is, is, is going to be the case here. I don't expect this consolidation to last too much longer. And it was telegraphed a, a little over a week ago by the shares peaking out before gold did. So the, exactly. so the, the GDX, the GDXJ began to consolidate their gains before gold did telling you there was going to be a correction. Yeah. And then the correction, like you said, in the juniors has been insignificant, right. unsubstantial, shall we say. So these are the type of red flags that people yet when they subscribe to your publication, right? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I listen to the language of the market. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to give you prognostications of where I think gold's going to be two or three years from now. I don't, I don't give you prognostications of where uh, shares are going to be two or three years from now. I listen to the language of the market, what it tells me and Things like I just told you about the shares peaking out before the metal was telling us there was going to be uh, a consolidation process and a, and a correction. And um, also, I, I I preach that um, during these corrections, it's 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 very it's very important to maintain your core positions in your in your stocks. You know, absolutely take some profits on the way up, but you got to maintain your core positions, Gary, because th this is just beginning. Yes. Um, we got a long way to go here in, in this bull market. Uh, the mining cycle began in 2016 and then it double bottomed in March of this year. And we've got quite a ways to go yet with all these with all these juniors being being financed now and money being thrown into this sector. And you just raised to me what can be a warning sign. Probably not right now, but it could be a warning sign about an individual stock. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's feasibility, if you will, or it's uh, underlying validity as an investment. And that is that uh, if you have gold or silver in your name right now, David, uh, you can just put out a, uh, a pre-sold deal, overnight deal, as they call them, pre-bought, and right. just raise $5, 10000000 million. Now, six months ago, these uh, CEOs, mining company CEOs, were like the Maytag repairman. Nobody on Wall Street wanted to give them the time of day. Now they are rock stars. So we're just getting started there. I don't think it's any indication of a top or anything else. But that means we were talking about earlier that you really have to pay very close attention to the terms for them to raise these funds because they might be giving away too much. And if they're giving away too much, it's, uh, it's Wall Street or Bay Street's way of just telling you that uh, maybe this isn't such a great deal after right. all. And management teams also, you gotta, you gotta do your due diligence on the management teams that are raising this money. Uh, uh, we had that bear market 
in from 2013 to 2016. And in juniors, it lasted all the way until uh, recently. So the, the, the bear market in, in the junior sector was actually eight years. And during that eight years, you would think a lot of these lifestyle companies would have gone away, but wish um, they had, <laughs> wish they had uh, perished. A lot of yes. them did, though. In all fairness, they 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 disappeared there. But the others were kind of like it was that movie Coma. They were on life support, and now they just got uh, they all became conscious again, and they're gobbling up money. Exactly. So you got to really do your due diligence and get into the right ones that you want to hold. I, pr I previously mentioned that you should be holding for the long term for the next few years. Now it's a buy and hold market, but you got to make sure that you're holding the right ones. So and, and to do that, you got to do your due diligence and make sure the proper management teams are running these things. Look at their track record. Uh, talk to them. Uh, it, the, the days of of meeting them in person and looking at them in the eye and shaking their hand is gone now. But you can still you can still do it to a certain extent uh, in Zoom meetings. But um, this is very important because um, al although there's there's a lot of great people in this in industry that are very professional, that they have a lot of experience, they do all the right things. On the other side of that ledger, there's a lot of scammers out there who yeah. are just who are just lifestyle companies that are that are just looking for a free ride in a bull market. So you got to be very careful. Yeah, I would call them scoundrels. And yeah, who wants to support somebody else's lifestyle? Let them take shares in the company, get a nominal salary. If it's a bigger company, they're entitled to more money, let's face it, because there's a lot more work involved. But let their payoff be from working their business plan, not from working the shareholders. And that's it for now. Hey, just tell us, uh, Junior Miner Junkie, what can we expect there? I know uh, you. Sure. My website is juniorminerjunkie.com. That's junkie with a Y. And um, I have a completely transparent newsletter, meaning um, you basically get ac access to my million dollar portfolio, my buys, my sells, when I take profit, when I take losses. Um, it, so it's basically a teaching service. Um, I give you a 24 hour notice, uh, before I buy something and try to do it before I sell something as well. Um, I also uh, take part in pri private placements. I try to give you as much heads up before I, I, I get involved in a private placement, although they're filling up very fast these days. Oh yeah. Um, and I also uh, write a weekly column at Kitco. That's kitco.com comes out every Friday. All right. Hey, we thank you for that. And I can attest to the value of your service as a subscriber or I buy anything. I always look to see where it is on your list and uh, what your thoughts are about it. I like the note format. I like the fact that you don't have to go to the website. You get your update. You just click the links and you're in the link. You're in a spreadsheet and it's very easy to navigate your way through. Any questions or comments for uh, David or myself and let us know where you think this correction is heading. Is it over already? KL at carrylutz.com. That's the email address. The website where you can get a free newsletter is financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Just go there, sign up, click the tab, and got a new newsletter coming out very shortly. David, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me on again, Carrie. Always a pleasure. FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter. You'll also get three free reports. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next.